My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul the Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo at Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. I'm Colin. And I'm Josh. And this is where we are going to break down the first two parts of the Ahsoka series on this show. We'll talk about all the Easter eggs we missed from the post-show last night. Colin wasn't there. He's seen it. He's very enthusiastic about it, as you can tell. Let's go. The force is strong with him today. So (laughs) let's get right into it. And I'm going to pull up the show. We're going to go, I think, five to ten seconds by ten seconds here. Red title crawl. Yeah, I. Oh man, I. Or, so, or did you want to say how the new intro has uh, the new helmets? So something that I really enjoyed um, uh, about the beginning of this was I don't think anyone expected a crawl. I I, I didn't hear any real rumors about a crawl or anything like that, and the music behind it made it very haunting. And then you have to remind yourself, this is Kevin Kiner. Um, I loved his music through the first couple of seasons of Clone Wars and then Rebels. But then in Bad Batch and then in season seven of the Clone Wars is when it gets very, um, the music gets more serious. And you see that carried over in this in, in this first episode and, and this first opening crawl. Like it's it's so like, oh, okay this is happening this is where we're at in the star wars universe and then uh also i think you guys said it on your on on your thing yesterday which was it does feel like it's from the 80s like it it it, it really it's does David's feel like comment. yeah it feels yeah. like it's a continuation like directly from you know from return of the jedi like i i wasn't expecting it but i'm glad that we that we got a crawl again did yeah, you like cause... the shine of the helmets? The new shine of the helmets? Yes, and I and in old episodes when they would do the shine of the helmets, they would shine blue on the people that were good, and then they would shine red on the people that were bad. But for this entire opening of the helmets, it was all red. Yeah, that is. It true. reminds me of the last season of the Clone Wars. Yes. Yeah. Of uh, where they would have the uh, um, of where they wouldn't have like the a galaxy divided, like it would just be the classic like just this is part nine, this is part ten, and then it would like have, have we confirmed that it's it's the same red? Could it be the 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 orange orangey red? <laughs> Are we really going Colin orange? The, yeah. Yeah, which we'll talk about that later, but but the name Weaver is canon now in Star Wars, by the way. Just saying. I was pretty pumped about that. Well, all right. So and cool. fairies. Well, I mean, if you count the <laughs> if you count the Ewok movie and Oh well, um, no, no, because he says fairy tales in this. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah so uh. we get the the ship, the new republic ship. You see the logos on the side. This is very reminiscent to the uh, escaping ship, I believe, in the Empire Strikes Back from Hoth, but it looks a lot like we discussed on the post show, uh, the sequel trilogy ships that we see, especially in the beginning of the Last Jedi, I believe. And 
the interior is so reminiscent of the Tantive Four there. Well, the white interior. And we see the protocol droid with the, I believe she has an English accent. And this actor right here, I believe that's the same actor from Aliens, right? He was one of the Marines. You know what? He did look familiar. Yeah. So this guy's uh, pretty cocky here. And this kind of shows the... So if you noticed with a decent amount of the of what we've seen of the New Republic, they're very cocky because they're because the Empire is gone, right? So the Empire right. is gone. They are the New Republic. They are the highest order. They're afraid of nothing. Um, that is basically what their attitude has been throughout, you know, of what we've seen in the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and then now and here. And this and shot is super reminiscent of uh, several movies that we've seen before. Yes. Uh, the Phantom Menace when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon enter the, the blockade ship. And also in Return uh, of the, Jedi? the shuttle Tidarian from yep. Return of the Jedi. Uh, yeah, approaching uh, the Death Star actually as well. So many Easter eggs. And we get a Mon Cal. Yeah, Mon Cal New Republic, which is, is one of my favorite species. And then we get the shipboarding. And it's kind of the classic um, shuttlecraft that Sith use that we've seen before. And we get our first look at Balin and Shin Hati. And they use a Jedi clearance code. And you hear the classic line, oh, it's an older code. So I mm -hmm. thought that was, that was pretty cool. It still cool checks out, guys. No problem. It certainly <laughs> does. And the guy's still like, you're no Jedi. The arrogance. It was. What do you know? Uh, so they are saying it's Drake from Aliens. Yeah. So Balin shows him his identification. An orange-bladed lightsaber. Shin Hati goes off on them. And then here's the shot from the trailers um, and the commercials that we saw of them going through the ship and just dispatching new republic workers how every hallway scene now yeah it's just like <laughs> all right we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start it out real good every hallway scene with a lightsaber it's got to be just like rogue one guys <laughs> so i think the i just remember watching it and i just heard like the hard keys on the piano and i was like wow like because of we've never heard notes like that specifically in star wars so i i i was kind of um i was kind of surprised um that they ended up doing that T did you guys like the the hallway music or was it just like oh okay yes i did like it yeah. it's uh someone was saying that it's a played down version of the imperial march it uses the same keys but okay. it's they've taken away a lot of the keys for it I can see that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I just love the imposing figure that, that the late, great Ray Stevenson is yeah, here. He's so Balin's good. Goal. He's huge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks really big on screen. Yeah, um, uh, because of... I remember at Star Wars Celebration when he walked out on stage and he was the tallest one out there. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. And look, he's almost like Vader without the helmet, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. 
I'm really excited to learn more about his character. And I hope mm-hmm. when we do get a flashback, um, which I've, I, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that we do because if we get to see like of Anakin and Ahsoka talking, and then we just see maybe he, maybe Balin goes and talks to Master Yoda or something like that. It's like, boom, connection. That's great. Yeah. But it sounds like he's kind of on the fence. Like, I know a lot of people were saying like, oh, he's he, he's a Sith Lord. And I'm like, no, he's not. And we can't call him a great Jedi because it's not canon. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he's he's like a, a he's like a Jedi mercenary. He's he's doing yeah. it for the money, essentially. And I really kind of love that jumpsuit that Morgan Ellsworth is wearing as well. And they mention who, what Jedi Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano, and then boom, we get the we get the opening card there. Title oh, card. She's still not a Jedi though, right? Because of she because of the whole point of the show is like she will rekindle her relationship with the light side and everything. Yeah, technically not a Jedi, but of course the general public doesn't know that probably can't really differentiate they'd see a blue green white lightsaber they're gonna think jedi and i think all the marketing said jedi and i think that's the real big draw to see jedi in action with sabers which we get a lot of in this episode and there you have it uh Tano in jedi fallen survivor yes so the entire Fallen Survivor, okay. It's both uh, games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the entire time that I was watching this scene, I like, I, I mean, it was really early, early in the morning when I watched it, but I was like, I just want to text Josh because the entire time I was watching it, I was thinking of Josh because this was nothing but Jedi Survivor and Fallen Order vibes, like the entire yeah. time. And <laughs> then I was just like, why didn't they just tie it in to the Zeppo? Why didn't they? I do think it that? is. I mean, I saw so <laughs> right. So the Zepho never showed their face in the game, right? Like they always wore those helmets. No, I'm pretty sure they do. Oh, wait, yeah, right. You right, see right. the Zepho in animation, right? You only like see the them big in the big alien game. head, yeah. So yeah, it's only in the game, right? Right, right. So oh. it's only in the game you. Do see their faces, so this can't be the Zepho. But they're very similar to the Zepho, so I'm just like, why didn't you just make it the Zepho? It was right there. You had a clear tie-in that you could have done, but you didn't. And I'm curious why, because now I'm like, no, I want to know what this species is. Speaking like, of tie-ins, on. here's the Indiana Jones sequence here. Yes, <laughs> I got my Indiana Jones reference. Let's go. Yeah, you can see Ahsoka figuring out the puzzle. And there's three separate Night Witches here. So the number three is right. important here. Right. Because I didn't really think those were the night sisters. So I didn't really put two in because uh, they didn't really look like it. Something, a cool theme that I really like, I'm about to go on a little bit of a tangent, okay. um, is that, so with the Mandalorian, we had the whole theme of it being a Western. This is Celtic. There's many Celtic runes and symbols in this that uh, deal with uh, Celtic mythology. Um, also, Balin's last name and his apprentice's last name are the wolves from Celtic mythology, the ones that chase the sun and the moon. 
and I was like, ooh, but yes, Dave Filoni also is obsessed with wolves. So yes. I guess it does tie back in, but it's witchcraft, wizardry, fairies. They're talking all about this kind of stuff. And I'm like, ooh, this is a really cool side of the mystical stuff. It's not so much as space mystical. This is like wizard witches kind of witchcraft, but from a Celtic point of view. Yes. And I was right, like, right, right. I really, really, really like that. And I've told the story many, many times that the, a, a random guy at a Comic-Con back in like 2004 ran into a pretty cool Aragorn cosplayer. And he was like, can I take a video of you? He took a video of him. Years later, he discovered, oh my God, that was Dave Filoni. So yeah. Filoni is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. He's made references that Ahsoka Tano is essentially Gandalf for Star Wars. Don't get me started, man. Because be, be, <laughs> I was waiting the entire time for that one scene and she yeah. didn't have the staff she didn't have the staff and i was like come on yeah they changed come it on. up no it's right there okay so these droids are pretty cool i i also loved the scene and kind of going off of um i mean i'll i'll get into that later because uh because i think i think josh and i are on the same page on it but for the way th that Ahsoka fights is great, but when she's talking or something, it doesn't feel like I, I like. I mean, I I love Rosario Dawson, but it just, I, I just I don't feel like it's Clone Wars or Rebels Ahsoka. Like th this is a totally different version, but she's not. I'm not getting the hundred percent like Ahsoka vibes. If 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 that makes sense. Like, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's live action compared to animation, and the ah, way she's acting isn't like a true, a true kind thing, of parallel. The yeah. one thing I will say is I made a comment last night that I didn't like her acting in these first episodes because she doesn't even crack a smile until like the very end, and it's only a half smile, and she seems like very bored in every scene she does. Okay, but she does that and smiles when she meets Grogu. She shows happy emotions when yeah. she meets Grogu. And I, because people were saying, well, because of Order sixty after Order sixty six, she's not very happy anymore. She's very depressed. I was like, okay, cool. But when she saw Grogu in live action, she yeah. was happy. Here, I'm like, I'm still waiting to see it because it's, I'm like, do something. <laughs> I do feel like Ahsoka, like her, the her characteristics were shown a lot in Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. But in this, which I'll talk about that explosion too, because I was blown away by that. No pun intended. But uh, it's just there's some scenes where I'm just like, man, I'm like in, in my mind, I was picturing Ashley Eckstein talking. And it's it's just it's it's a really interesting transition because you have maybe 75 percent of the of the characters that are animated have been recasted. But then there's like Clancy Brown that came back and played governor Ryder. He looks like, just like his character. Though. I know. And I was like, <laughs> let's go. That's awesome. But I just, there's, I, I'm not getting that full, like Ahsoka vibe. Like she's serious all the time in this. And, and, and I'm like, there's parts where I, <laughs> where I was like, she would have cracked a smile. She would have, you know, kind of joked around and, and we got that in Mando and, and, and in book of Boba Fett, even if it was for a short time, but in this, she's just serious. And it's really interesting. It's a very interesting take on the character. Um, 
But yeah, so for this explosion, how did you guys feel about just a couple of um, nukes just sitting inside <laughs> these droids? Because no, because it leveled the entire temple. And I'm like, yeah. whoa. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, it's I mean it 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 worked for the story. I mean, it was three nukes, like you say, inside of three HK droids. Yeah. And who knows the other droids could have exploded too. I mean, we don't know. But uh yeah, it, it was a cool explosion, cool effect. Um I thought this was gonna be later on in the series, but we got it what 14 minutes into the first episode. So yeah, with our uh, first introduction to Hu Yang live action. Yes, I'm so glad he's back. I'm so glad it's David Tennant. I loved that. I loved those episodes in the Clone Wars. And the fact that David Tennant was like, yeah, sign me up. I'm back. was just like, hell yeah. And he's busy coming up because he's back as Doctor Who. So I'm glad that he's getting back into like the into the mainstream franchises. Um, The shots of where they get back. uh, I mean, of where Ahsoka is about to go to. home and we see the x-wings and everything and she passes a couple of ships it was kind of a surreal feeling because i was like i never thought i would ever see something like that again (laughs) um so kind of seeing that uh through the cockpit view and just like different angles was really really imagine it on the big screen colin i know i know i know come on lucasfilm put them all up on the big screen they did a great job with a set design yeah and i know there are some scenes where they were most likely using the uh i am blinking on the name volume volume thank you um and but i loved i really like how it's got that new republic feeling but it's also got that original trilogy feeling as well yeah and we got Hera coming in our first shot of Harrison Dula. And the fact that they played her theme too is yeah. uh, it, it was very, very cool. Give me some French accent. Do it. Well, she <laughs> well well she goes she goes back and forth with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when she's around her father, Cham, yeah, it comes family, out. Yeah. And we see the awesome hologram, the table reminiscent of the Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. projection of the uh, second Death Star there. And yeah, isn't I just... the ship the same? It's not the no, no. It's not the. Are you thinking of the main flagship that they the were Mon Calamari one? Out of where they had the meeting. Yes. I don't think it's the same one. It could be the same class of ship. I don't think so though. I don't know. Maybe let's go take a look. Go back. Go. No. Are you wait, sure? Wait, it is wait, positive? Man. I'm pretty well, sure it is. Well, there were two. There was the main one where Dude, Admiral Akbar was on. What? <laughs> that is a ship. Okay. Yes. Let's uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice catch. Yep. So that might be the actual room where we see Luke Han and Leia. It is. I'm almost for sure it is. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Do we know if it's the exact one, though? I'm almost for sure it is. It looks okay. like it's exactly the same. Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't think they would put it in if it wasn't just put it in. Well, so I'm just thinking that's a lot of return of the Jedi Easter eggs on the nose. Like it's just like boom, 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 boom. 
And then also this year marks the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. So that also makes sense why they would be doing it. Yeah, Robert from Late to the Party says it is the home one. Yeah, which home one was the one in Return of the Jedi. Nice. Oh, thanks for the confirmation, Robert. So we have the meeting that we see in the marketing here. And the holograms actually display the orange lightsabers, which was kind of interesting. And we get the conversation between Soka and General Sindula about maybe contacting her former Padawan that she walked away from that we would learn about later on. And then we see the E-Wings from Legends. Yeah, Lothal, Clancy Brown, let's go! Yeah, Mr. Krabs! <laughs> And the mural behind them that uh, Colin and I got to take a picture in front of, and I believe Josh did too, right? I touched yeah. it. You touched it. Oh my god! You touched it. I touched it, and then I got yelled at for it. Oh, what? Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's his character. I, I think that was like perfect casting, and I don't know if Dave Filoni purposely, you know, was like, hey. We're doing this in live action in a couple of years. Here you go. Oh, yeah, but absolutely. It's... I think Clancy Brown is always game to come to do anything Star Wars for Dave. Oh, absolutely. Because he was the Deveronian and the Mandalorian. Yes, he was Berg. He was also Savage Press. Yeah. Clancy Brown is the gift that keeps on giving. So, yeah, we got a Rodian in the back there. And yeah, man, Lothal looks crazy. It, it looks crazy good. They nailed it. This character, too, right next to the governor, is also in Rebels. I just forgot the name. I think he actually says it. Senator. Where is she? I don't know, Chief. Let's see it. Where did she go? I don't know where she went. <laughs> what? Cover for me. No idea. Yeah. Huh. Huh. I don't remember him being in Rebels, so. And then Sabine is not present at the official ceremony commemorating the Rebels, saving Lethal, essentially. And then we see she's like a highway with no traffic. And <laughs> Sabine on her speeder with her super cool helmet. That if you look closely and read the Arabesh, it says babe. Yep. Star Wars rock music, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> For the win. And then they have a conversation. And then Craig Five has joined us on the breakdown and Easter egg hunt. And now he's gone again. I'm here. And he's back again. And he's gone again. <laughs> and he's back again. And he's gone again. He's not even popping up on my screen. <laughs> what? And he's back. There he is. Don't there touch anything. You're I here. Don't touch anything. <laughs> okay. Craig Five standing by. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I was just waiting for that one. All right. Um. So, uh, so every time that they would always use the street here and and like of of this highway, like kind of road and rebels, I was always like, like for this situation. She's, you know, low-key getting chased, but it's just like, why wouldn't she just go off the road? Like, why wouldn't she just go around it? 
And that happened it, in, in Star Wars Rebels a lot, too. It She's seems rebelling. silly. This, that chase felt a little silly to me. Like, why would they go out of the way of, like, risking, like, killing her just because they wanted her to appear at a ceremony? I don't think they're trying to kill her. They're just no. trying to make a blockade and, like, kind of force her to stop. I, I know, but, but there was the potential. I'm not saying they were trying to kill her, but, like, chasing after her at that speed, why they wouldn't they be like, she'll come back tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think they also, uh, again, because establish her character. I've got right. friends. Yeah. Be, all right. So I've got friends that have never seen Star Wars Rebels. And I've been seeing a lot of posts of being like, I'm completely lost. I don't know what's going oh. on. Yeah. So with that being said, it does help if you know the character's backgrounds. It's very unfortunate mm. for those who haven't. But if you haven't seen Rebels. I don't know. I think that these this few episodes, I feel like they dedicate a lot of time to just kind of showing who the character is on screen, at least. Yeah. Because... Like we know who Sabine is and we know how she a interacts with people, but the average audience doesn't know that. And that's what I feel like this whole scene is dedicated to. It's like, she didn't show up. She doesn't listen. Like uh, she's her own kind of person. And they show that like, got like this badass speeder. She's got like her cool biker gear. Uh, they're trying to like, basically it's like the police being like, all right, you need us to pull over. She's like, no, nah, I'm going to slide underneath that. So I feel like that whole scene is just dedicated to, trying to get the average viewer who doesn't know who Sabine is to understand like where she's, where she lies. I, I could see where you're coming from and that you're probably right. It just seems like they could have went about it in a slightly different way. Like not showing up for a ceremony seems like a little bit, it doesn't line up for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you're not showing up for a ceremony. It's just a weird thing. Like you're not, it's not like a court date or something. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. Yeah, so, yeah. So just, what I was talking about earlier with the other character next to uh, the governor, uh, Robert from Late to the Party points out, it's uh, Jai Kel from Rebels. He's a senator now. That's the guy. And he says Rufio from Hook voiced uh, Jai Kel in Rebels, uh, Dante Bosco. Yeah, um, because I believe he's the guy that was escorting... Um, mon mothma in the later seasons when we first like see her appear in rebels and maka is here one of our awesome patrons what's up maka cool. uh yeah um and i know so i think josh has a very um has a very strong feeling about the 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 loth cats because I so, so good, yeah. it's so good. So, and we've seen them live action three times now, right? Because we've seen them in we Mandalorian season one, yep. And then I'm we saw again. it over at Black Spire Outpost, um, and then here, yeah. And it's the most complex animatronic that Lucasfilm has created, it, <laughs> it's practical effects, which I like. And you can tell it was too, and I was just like, "This is great." Yeah, it looks that. great. Looks, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Looks, it looked like a real animal. <laughs> yeah. And they play a theme right there, which is pretty cool. Um, now I want to talk about this line right here of 
So <laughs> you're like my sister. Yeah. And I'm just like, they clearly flirted with each other the entire series. Right. Why Luke and Leia Dave can Filoni... do it. It's fine. No, that's a Star Wars staple right there, man. Why on earth would Dave Filoni change that? Like, did he just decide, oh, hey, you know what? I don't want them to have a, like a love connection. And I'm just like. Yeah, I think it's probably <sighs> going a different direction as the series goes on. Why on yeah. earth? Why on earth would they do that? Ah oh, man, because well, I mean, of say one thing and do another. I mean, it's okay. Josh, big a deal. let's go. <laughs> I think it's because it's going to play into the fact of who Ezra is now. I think that they didn't want to touch the whole kind of their lovers and do the whole Anakin thing again. Whereas I think that it's going to be like you're my like brother and sister, and I feel like uh... you should. I I think that that's what they're gonna gonna do is Ezra has a different view on the galaxy now after being withdrawn for so long that they're gonna be like, hmm. Uh, th th that's a that's an opinion I'll I'll leave for a little bit later, but yeah, okay. it's so it's a big one. I I I know you're very strong on your theory of him of Ezra being the Inquisitor, and I just. I don't think that's it. I really don't think that's going to happen just because of the fact that if Thrawn is stuck somewhere, I think Ezra would be too. I don't think he would come back. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily think it's Ezra, but I definitely think it's someone okay. important. It's a reveal. You, you did think that he oh, was. Oh, I did. One point, I, didn't, okay. I didn't know that he was like, that this, that the, the new Inquisitor guy was just going to be like, boom, there he is. I was yeah. like, whoa. And, I think it's coming to a point where like if you're going to put him in promotional art and also have him his helmet in that like opening thing, I think yeah. it's going to be some big reveal for him. You think it's going to be a reveal? No, I think the opposite. I think he's going to be the first one to go. <laughs> okay. All right. Craig, why? Because they, I don't think they're going to kill off Balin or the girl, so they need somebody to die. Okay. That's fair. Well, yeah, because if they don't kill off Balin going forward, I'm curious of what's going to happen with this character. Because I know that every like I'm already in love with this character. I think his character is great, but uh, unfortunately, he he um, Ray passed away. He passed away. Yeah. So I'm really curious of what's going to happen with his character going forward. But for the Inquisitor, Maroc, I'm just, I, I don't think it's going to be, I mean, it, if, if it was going to be like a big reveal, who do you think it would be? Like, ooh, they pulled Kanan out of the world between worlds, and now it's Freddie Prince Jr. live action. That's a good but, theory, Colin. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, if I end up being right, I just want to note that it, I was being sarcastic, but all right. <laughs> I was going to point out that if you look closely here, that display device, it's the same device that Qui-Gon had in the Phantom Menace. Yes. Yes. And there's another reference to Qui-Gon, and we'll get to that later. <laughs> Is there a chick razor that I missed? Uh, no, everyone can get stabbed in the chest but him. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. That I will say that frustrated me. Like... 
come on. Like, now everybody's just getting stabbed with lightsabers and surviving. Like, it just seems... Kylo, Reva, Sabine. Like, the list goes on and on so, and on. <laughs> what do you guys think of Shin so far? Shin's very interesting. I'm curious if her backstory was of when Balin fled. He was just like, oh, hey, you know. You know, he's going out, like, and in, 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 in his exile in the unknown regions. And then he finds um a force sensitive baby and then he raises her like because he know. is training her in jedi combat but yes not and the jedi force abilities but not uh following the jedi order path or pathways and the rules so it's interesting because she even has the the padawan braid yeah that's something i think we all kind of missed but yeah as josh pointed out last night on the the post show it looked maybe like it was part of her hair and didn't stick out as much as it does now as a Padawan braid, which I think was an awesome touch. I didn't think we'd see that ever after or during the time of Return of the Jedi, which is which that's what this is. And then we have Morgan Elsbeth in full Night Witch garb. She doesn't quite feel Night Witchy to me, but at least yet. I hope yeah. so. I it's <laughs> The Night Witches felt a lot more creepy and their voice was like echoey and you know what I mean? Like Mother Towson's voice was like really Where's the Russian accent? <laughs> uh, so I think that she's a descendant so I think she's, she's a practicing trying to be She's much more pale in this and they obviously put more makeup on her in this to make her fit like a Night Sister more um, cause she definitely did not have that kind of look when she showed up in the Mandalorian. So I don't know if they're trying to hide it at that time or they're just like yeah. now really pushing it for her. I was like, huh, interesting. If you see the graffiti on the walls there, she has uh, trooper helmets with the, with the slash through them for a kill count, I believe. And, and if you that, look on the right, you can see all the helmets as like trophies from uh, right. past rebels episodes right so that graffiti is directly from star wars rebels that's something um that was in the tower uh now i wish when they did the flashbacks i mean like of her having her nightmare sequence i wish they showed maybe not the exact scenes from Rebels of where Ezra goes into hyperspace with Thrawn, but I would have loved to, I mean, like of an animation, but I would have loved to see that live action of where Sabine was standing there and she saw the ship actually go like into hyperspace. Like that, that would have been a cool, like kind of flashback nightmare sequence. And that maybe would have helped the audience that hasn't really seen Rebels kind of understand of what she's going through more. Yeah, that's definitely fair. She has the dream force connected maybe with Ezra. And this shot, I mean, this is so like quintessential rebels right here. Yep. And we got Clancy Brown. Back again. Back again. And Hu Yang says he's uh, 75% original parts. Yes. And that's a nod to the reference that he got dismantled the crap out of in the Clone Wars arc in season five. Nice. Yeah. Now, the whole master and apprentice thing. 
how do we feel about this? Because she's not force sensitive. That's confirmed. She's not force sensitive. She does not have any force abilities at all. Well, I think it's confirmed now that she is. I think it, I thought it was confirmed that she had some, but it was out of all the Jedi that had ever existed. She was the, maybe the least force capable. And are you talking about Ahsoka's apprentice? She was right. Right. But are you talking about the scene in the next episode of where her and Hugh Wang talk? Well, she's having her dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those could just be, those could just be, you know, nightmares. I think it's Ezra trying to talk to her. Right. That's a good theory, too. I mean, I, I don't mind her being force sensitive, but they didn't hint hint at any of that in Rebels. And I feel like they're just kind of changing the story to change the story. But they, I, I believe they did, though. I mean, she was pretty skilled with the Darksaber. Mm, I mean, when you're that skilled with the blade, I mean, it's like, come on, you got to kind of have something. Well, remember the force. Look at this. Look at this. Robert says Kanan said in Rebels that everyone has force sensitivity, just some are more closed off than others. He was referring to Sabine when he mentioned it. So there you go. I think that's one of those things that just flew over everyone's head, essentially. What'd you say, Craig? The force resides in all living beings. So, you know, it seems like it would be something that you could at least train yourself to get better at. Right. So maybe she's not very sensitive, but as some. Right. I don't know. I mean, I. It, it's it's just to me like, yes, she was good with a lightsaber, but so was General Grievous. But he was not force sensitive. Like it's it's. Yeah, but he had a mechanical. He had help. I, it's, I mean, it's it's the same concept, David, though. Like it's. But he was barely alive. You know what I mean? As yeah, far as... he was a machine. I mean, I mean, look at the HK droids. I mean, they're pretty good at saber right. combat as well. Right. So you're just proving my point that that like you don't have to be force sensitive to be good with a lightsaber. And and just because if she knew how to use the dark saber doesn't mean that she's force sensitive. Because but even besides all of that, all of that is moot because it's already stated that she was Ahsoka's apprentice. So, I mean, right. I don't know. All right. Yeah. You I know, think that she Filoni understands how frustrated fans were over Ray not getting any training and defeating Kylo Ren the first time they fight. And so I think it's going to be at least done in a way where we see her slowly develop the ability or the skill to like use the force to use it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So in question here is this graffiti Colin. Is this, is what? this next animation at all? Or is this like something maybe Jason Sandula? Well, so, uh, okay. So Sabine's an artist, right? So when Star Wars Rebels ended, she was still a teenager and she was probably on the ship and she was traveling with Ahsoka for her training. So that's probably of, of of what she's looking at was probably her, like her quarters, like her, her um, resting area, her bed. I agree, but it could have been Jason too. I suppose we'll see him soon. Yep, and I know that's Josh's favorite character because he's <laughs> so excited to see the green hair, right? Little elf man. 
Except I don't think we'll get the green hair, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Thanks, Lego. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're having the whole conversation uh, about the map and the temple. And Ahsoka and believes that Sabine could crack the code of the map, which, I mean, if she would have just played with it a little bit, maybe she could have cracked it herself. It didn't seem like you had to twist it a whole lot. But the rule of three yeah you get the shot where we get to see uh who yang talk about sabers which is his uh, speciality and he talks about balin specific saber and he remembers in the past 500 years the only student to make this type of saber was balin's skull and he calls him out but he doesn't recognize shin Hatis. and he does oh. remark that this is the way he trained padawans the girl is young Right. Oh, well, no. I mean, I think that I think the preference um, about the 500 years thing was towards Balin's, not hers. Yeah. Well, also, Shin's saber could have been passed down to her as well, and he could have identified that's it. That's true. That's true. But she probably just built it or he helped her build it or something. Right, right. Yeah. Typical like Jedi type training. Yeah. As the great pirate once said, Hondo Onaka. I smell profit because I guarantee you they're already getting ready to make those lightsabers for Galaxy's Edge, um, which I know Josh will be first in line. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then the shot of where you see her on the speeder, she's gone away and you see the probe droid. That's a callback to the Phantom Menace with Darth Maul. Um, yeah. And yeah, and the probe droid actually makes the same sound as the probe droid from the Phantom Masses. And I believe it's actually shot for shot, too. Yeah. Is it? It felt, yeah. felt identical. Yeah. One, two. Yeah. And I think this scene right here, the Loth cat is CGI. Yes. I'm pretty sure it's a real cat, and then they just put a costume <laughs> on it. <laughs> That's pretty good. It looks great, though. Yeah. And there's a... Uh, Bank projector she's using. A bank projector? Yeah, the projector you can buy to like project project uh, films on your screen. Oh, okay. I was like, what? Yeah, I was making a joke. Just went over over Irvin's head. <laughs> but yeah, she figures it out. Um, and Hera's here, hologram form. And we get uh, the Anakin name drop. Yeah, and I thought that's when we were going to get a flashback, man. I was like, I leaned so far in my chair, I almost. I didn't. Out of it. I didn't think they would go that hard in the first episode. Um, I was the only. Would have been nice, but I think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna get that until like half the Dave Filoni episode, which is episode five. Is yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So here's the thing that I'm afraid of: is that the main thing that people will take away from this is the Clone Wars flashback scene that we're probably gonna end up getting because once everyone sees ahsoka and anakin and possibly obi-wan kenobi and captain rex together everyone everyone will officially be campaigning for a clone wars live action you know type show i guarantee you that's what's gonna happen and i do as much as i want that i don't want that to be the main takeaway from the show just because of this is building up to a larger story which is thrawn returning and them just kind of going through um the 
uh, of them kind of getting ready for that big Dave Filoni Avengers type film. It's the Celtic symbol. Yep. And she figures out the Rubik's cube. Um, <laughs> the puzzle box. When I was watching, um, when I was watching this with Brooke yesterday, she she was like, "Wow, it's uh, it is Treasure Planet," <laughs> you know. So yeah, <laughs> yes. There's a reference there, and an HK droid appears. Another one appears. Then Sabrine grabs. I was really surprised that she just didn't get a jetpack and glide down. I thought that was going to happen. And yeah. I'm going to say something on 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 the behalf of Brooke because she she really wanted me to talk about this. Was that Sabine is a Mandalorian, right? So why didn't she? You, you know, her armor and her her weapons are her religion, and I told her that Sabine's life is completely different than what it used to be. And when she went under the training of Ahsoka, maybe some of that went out the door. But I think her being on this journey, I think she'll get back into really being a, a Mandalorian because she's been on Lothal the entire time because she made a promise to Ezra to protect it. And I don't think her, her like, Mandalorian ways are like you know 100% there like they used to be would you think that she's been there for so long that she's kind of like peace it's been so peaceful it's like I I don't really need to use my armor this is the first action I've had in years it's like yeah I was I was sent here to protect it and I did for a while but then now it's just all just full of peace I'm like that's what I think it is yeah I think the same thing but I wasn't surprised that she didn't really go and grab her armor. And I also had the same mindset of, I mean, I, I was upset at first, but I had the same mindset when we saw um, Boba Fett get his ass handed to him by Black Crescenton. Um And then in and, Book and of Boba Fett, and then he comes down wearing a bathrobe. And I'm like, come on, man. Your armor is right there. What are you doing? But yeah. with this, I wasn't surprised that she went and grabbed the saber first because she had her training with Ahsoka. So her, her, her mindset is more of, of a Jedi now, probably more than of a Mandalorian. Um, and we kind of see that, you know, slowly change at the end of the second episode, which we'll get to, but, um, but yeah, so this fight on a scale from one to 10. Before that though, this shot right here, she looks a lot like Elizabeth Olsen. (laughs) She does. I just realized oh, okay. that. But yeah, one to ten on the fight, Colin. I thought it was maybe like um like a five. Six. Yeah. Oh, a six. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. Her getting stabbed made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, as soon as it happened, I was like, we all knew. I guarantee you, everyone knew that, oh hey. She is. She's in all the other trailers. Yes, <laughs> and she has short hair. Yeah, but it could have been a flashback. Uh, no, I mean, there's <laughs> no. no way. There's no way that Dave Filoni would kill this character right off the bat. Hera, Ahsoka, Sabine, 
all these characters are like Dave Filoni's babies right yeah. now. So, killing. ooh, yeah. I just don't think that I really don't think that Dave Filoni would go in um, and give a character a send off like that. I no, think it would be more an honorable way. Hear me out. What would have been better, in my opinion, is if, if she, she got just her cut her hand off, off yeah. cut, hand cut off, because then she could have been just like Anakin, and then she gets to be taught just by Ahsoka. And I was like, that would have been a cooler thing, in my opinion. Yeah, but I don't think Dave Filoni wanted to spend a whole episode of her being like, oh, my hand's gone. And they're like, all right, here you go. And then, and then she has to go through like the whole process. I don't know. Yeah, I could see that being the case. And but of course, I, I do like that idea. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, memorializing Ray Stevenson, the late great, uh, for our friend Ray. And I think he was going to be around for the long haul. I, I think his character fans, I think, are just universally liking Balin Skull and Shinati and the end credits here, the uh, the graphics here are pretty interesting. And I think it mirrors um, a lot of what we saw on the show with the map and everything. And it's probably showing us where Thrawn is, actually. Open up your star maps, people. Yeah. And all the familiar names carry back. Hmm. Those so, aren't that familiar, but... So... I, as much as I love the first episode, I actually enjoy the second episode a lot more. Yeah. And I think it was because we weren't in that kind of moment of where this is Star Wars Rebels season five. This is what's happening. Here you go. Like, I, I feel like the plot thickened. I feel like we got to learn more about the characters that we actually don't know, like more about them. Uh, and we got more time with Morgan. We got more time with with Shin and Balin, and even the mysterious Sith Inquisitor Marak. So I think diving into more of their stories is a really good way to go because Ahsoka and Hera's and Sabine's are established. So I just as as much as I love seeing the, like of these old characters return, I want to learn more about the new characters. Yeah, for sure. And we see a Star Wars hospital. And just like we figured, Sabine was going to live through that stab. She's wearing pajamas. That will soon be a Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> Probably. Awesome. Yeah. Soon on Craig Five's body. There is the... There's the medical droid that we first saw in Empire Strikes Back. Yep. He's been around for a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Though, listen, if I, I'd rather get uh, maybe a new droid taking care of me, not one that's like 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I've been like, uh, they really are you said sure you know what broke, you're doing? Don't fix it and just yeah. left it. <laughs> He's yeah. been around for a long time, this droid. And here we have a new planet. We think with a new rock formation, not designed by Jedi. I love that thing. It reminds me of Stonehenge. Yeah, it's great. And that's yeah. more Celtic like callback. So I love yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Sorry, no, I was thinking of the wrong part. Um, so this tower right here has um, played a big part in season one of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, um, and there. 
and it's again it's awesome to see these characters come to live action i just wish we got freddie prince jr as kanan i would have loved that i would have loved that live action i mean it's possible we get him in a flashback yep or he ends up being that that sith inquisitor which i would lose my mind i would lose my mind if i ended up being right on that by the way i would be like holy crap and I'm jumping ahead a bit here, but I mean, I noticed it in the fight. It seemed like he was holding back against Ahsoka. Yeah. I don't know. Wait a minute, but he would, wouldn't he be blind? So. Well, it depends on where they pull them out of the time stream. If they did the world between worlds thing. It's not like, right. he, like you can see his eyes, his face is covered. I, I think that may happen, but I don't think they've done it yet. Well, Kanan also you know, just because he's blind, though, if if you remember from the show, he uses the force to like to like to, to sense his movement and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like Daredevil, but he uses the force. So what we but now that would be that Kanan's turn to the dark side, and you know, well, it's 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 just a theory. I mean, I if they, I don't know. Seems like a weird way to go. That would be a great way to bring him back. And then that would also be very impactful on Hera because Hera seeing Kanan butt in the dark side, that would be wild. And that and that would bring a lot of uh a lot of character development. He's really thin though. Well, you know, he could Freddie Prince out. is very thin as well. Yeah. I don't know. He he looked like a really, really thin guy, didn't he? Or was it me? Same build. Yeah. And if he does come back, it's like, okay, this is really season five of Star Wars Rebels. Wasn't Freddie uh, Prince kind of talking bad about Star Wars not that long ago? Yeah. So th- that's why I'm just kind of saying that w- w- with like a grain of salt. I, w- I would did. be very. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it could, could have been a diversion. I mean, yeah. you never know. I hate Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh so back on set i'll be right there <laughs> so we just saw her use um some of the night witch i mean the uh night sister magic yeah uh for the first time in live action uh we've never seen that live action before we've seen it a bunch in survivor and fallen order and in the clone wars and rebels but we never saw it live action before and it was just a small flame, but that's still pretty cool. Yeah. This is pretty cool too. And the planet as well of the of the area, um Paradia. This has never been mentioned in Star Wars ever. Um this was the, the first planet they're time. on. No, no, no. Be something. Not the planet they're on, the like area where Grand Admiral Thrawn is. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. It's a whole different galaxy. We thought like Outer Rim side. No, this is a whole nother galaxy, which completely surprised me. Right. Yeah. So I'm curious if maybe that's just another word for the world between worlds, just because of you like see. So you like see kind of like the circle around that galaxy. Mm-hmm. It looks like the portal from when Ezra entered the world between worlds and Star Wars Rebels. Yes. And also in Rebels, you see the wolves running in that circle. And this you see Purgle. Actually yes. going around. So I think I think Paradia is just another word for world between worlds. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is another galaxy, and then we have to have another, you know, 
And then Thrawn comes back and he's like, guys, I've seen things you don't want to <laughs> see, okay? These How people... would it be if Thrawn wasn't evil, but Ezra was? <laughs> well, we see Thrawn walking into the th oh man, yeah. No, I've I mean Flip from the trailers, it's great. I'm I'm I, I was so excited to see Thrawn, but 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 seeing him just fully talk again is gonna be wild. Um if you have you guys ever watched the show The The Witcher? Yes, I have okay. so um so he plays the actor, he plays like one of the uh of the antagonists in the show and the entire time in season three of this past season i was just like thrawn that's thrawn right there this is so cool so i can't wait to see him uh come back as actual thrawn in the show yeah and thrawn's really not a bad guy or a good guy he's kind of in between we always reference that whole thing he's, yeah he's in the empire his for main his thing was that he was trying to save his species his people. yeah yeah the chiss and that he knew that the best way to do that would be to, to yeah, to join the Empire. Yeah. And I'm wondering if he comes back and is like, yeah, um, I saw these guys. They're all organic and they can't be affected by the force. Let's get out of here right <laughs> now. And then we have like a whole like Yuzong Vong reference. <laughs> How crazy would that be, bro? That'd like be nuts. That, oh, my. I mean... They are slowly bringing a lot of stuff from Legends, so if they did something like that, I would lose my mind because I remember when Force Awakens came out, and I know we're kind of kind of straying away from the episode, but it's just like I I remember when Force Awakens came out, and they're like, it takes place thirty years after Return of the Jedi. There's a lot of story to cover. There's a lot of uh, uh, tales to tell. So if they do bring a lot of stuff from Legends in the canon, that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, yes, we're back on Corellia, and that's Min Weaver. Weaver's canon. Let's go. It's not spelled the same, it's spelled with an A, unfortunately. But that's Min so Weaver. So, this guy that's for the Empire, yeah, Min M Y N, and then Weaver spelled so with an A. Okay, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Okay. Physical Weaver, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, so they got the typical red tape that we experience here on Earth trying to get answers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I um uh I also like the in in investigative uh kind of angle that they're going on with the show too where it's not just like, you know, you know, they know everything like they're trying to figure everything out. And it kind of calls back to Attack of the Clones when Obi-Wan was, you know, in, investigating about Kamino and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And here Sabine is all healed up. No robo tummy for her. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets handed her saber back. Yeah. There you go. Ezra's old green lightsaber. And then, of course, the guy says uh, it's restricted access. And then Harris Nula says, well, I'm a general. I don't have any restrictions. Yeah, I love this because be, <laughs> be, he slowly kept running out of excuses. And then yeah. and then the guy's like, for the Empire. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And then they notice a hyper drive that's massive for a Super Star Destroyer. Yeah. Yep, boom. Yeah. Uh, all right. 
Yeah. I so I don't think we got any stormtroopers in in any of the trailers, right? I don't think so. Okay. No. Okay, interesting. Do you think we're gonna see them? I mean, I think we got we the will. helmets in Sabine's room. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about like full out. I mean, th- those are old trophies from 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 Ezra and Rebels. So I'm curious if we're actually gonna go on the ship where like they built Thrawn's throne, and if we're actually gonna have. Yeah, I think we're allowed to show this because this was a clip they released. Yeah. Uh, well, so it's actually not the exact clip. Um, they actually spaced it out be, um, because be, it was her talking to Chopper the entire time in the trailer, but but it, it it's a lot longer in here. So they took some things out. Yeah, this we're allowed to show, right? I... <laughs> yeah, they, they they dropped this clip. Okay. Um, what did you guys think of this fight? It was awesome. I loved it. It was uh, good. We so we saw uh we saw a picture of the guy underneath um the mask uh online and it was a stunt double. Um yeah. Which we don't know who it was, but I'm curious if they're actually ever going to show his face. If, yeah, if it's Ezra or Kanan or anyone. Yeah, first introduction of Chopper in live action. That's not true. Well, I mean, in action. <laughs> I mean, we saw it in Rogue One, but I don't really count that. But that was live action. We like saw him roll across the screen. Yeah, I mean, someone David. could have just shoved him. David. Here he's actually emoting. He... He was emoting. He was rolling across the screen over the base on Yavin for, for like five seconds. And well, you also see the ghost in Rebels fight. too. Let's not fight. <laughs> I'm not even saying anything. <laughs> I'm just saying because you're not the first one. I'm like, no, he has appeared. Yeah, but him, I'm saying like him and this is, is great. I feel like it really portrays what he's like in the, the show. Yeah, so I think he really works in this show. I am waiting for the war crimes. I'm just, I'm just waiting for them. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to, to, to blow up a ship because in well, he season wanted to one, blow up that ship that was carrying the hyperdrive and kill all the civilians. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I can't wait for them to reference some dumb meme, and they're gonna be like, he's gonna say something, and then Sahara's gonna be like, no, you can't do that, Chopper. That'd be a war crime. Yeah, because <laughs> of uh. It's 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 been confirmed that Chopper's killed over fifty thousand uh, droids and humans, like I mean <laughs> of of like different species. That's been confirmed. So it's just like holy crap, man! And now she has a pergle on her pauldron. That's been like repainted like four times now. <laughs> She's an artist. This is true. And she does the ceremonial vibro blade. Haircut. I love Mulan. <laughs> well, so that knife, I don't know if it was confirmed if it's the same knife that th- that Cannon used when he got his hair in season four. Oh, look at that. You can see a uh, chopper's dish rotating on his head. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. I will. Uh, I don't remember, Josh, if you were with us, but on Star Wars Day of this past year, 
we were going to Rise of the Resistance, and there was <clears throat> a couple of people that were dressed up as Rebels characters, and there was this guy that was wearing like a chopper shirt, and he like sewed in these fake arms and then he was wearing uh, yeah like, I, I yeah i know who you're talking about he was wearing a bucket hat and he was wearing like the dish on top of his head and then our friend our our other friend craig was like oh look it's chopper and the guy turned around didn't miss a beat he didn't miss a beat and was like whoa 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 whoa, 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 whoa. and we were just like okay <laughs> <laughs> and then this is directly out of the 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 Star Wars Rebels or yeah. epilogue, yeah. Um, except we don't, we don't get the scene with her having the staff. <laughs> it really upsets me, because why on earth would they not have her have the staff? Like, just explain it later. Well, no staff for you. I know. <laughs> and 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 the whole point of that reference was because. She was like Gandalf the White, so I was like, okay, cool. Be because in the original scene, she has a white cloak and then she has the staff, and it's like a reference to Gandalf the Great dying, but then he comes back as Gandalf the White. That was the whole point of the reference. And Dave yeah. Filoni just didn't do it. The hyperdrive makes it to uh, Morgan Elsbeth's ship for a hyperdrive loop to go to Thrawn, right. But why did they need the loop, though? Like, why did it have to be, like, a whole loop? Like, why couldn't they just take a ship? Uh, because everything was being dismantled, right? Uh, this is New Republic time, so the yeah. only way they could I think get it's, that... Because I forget what... What's the ship called in the, in the, in the prequels that requires the oh, ring thing? Oh, for the... Starfighter to come up to it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's like that, but it's just bigger to the point where, like, it's not just having to go through normal like light right. speed, where it's it's also having to go through time because she says it's like it's a different place through space and time. So I'm right, like, right, hmm. right. And the holograms that she uses on the deck of the ship are different too. We've never seen this before in Star Wars. It's like it's almost like particles to actually conjure up the image. I got a couple of Star Trek vibes um in the in these first two episodes because of the opening shot of where he's sitting in the commander's chair and I'm just like, "Oh, okay." And then the holograms here look very similar to what they kind of use in Star Trek. Yeah. See, I don't think he's evil. I think he's more of a like he's seeking power, but I think his he even said that his his vision is clouded. So mm. I think he might change you know he like might change his path. All right. I have to hop off guys. It was, All right. Uh, but hopefully I'll be on next week or next episode. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure, Craig. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for joining. Yeah, this guy he reminds me of like Bode. Oh yeah. And I and I think this is literally just how how people have been surviving through the galaxy. It's yeah, to be a, a just a Jedi is you, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Whereas now you really have to be 
someone who, who can survive and it t- by any means. So yeah. him as a character, yes, I don't believe that he is evil. However, I do believe that he'll do anything to survive. I I'm excited and um, for the upcoming episodes and I you know of seeing the purgle is going to be very interesting and I think that might be when they first kind of get to where they where where the protagonist and the antagonist like are all trying to go I think that's where that shot comes in um, but seeing Thrawn is definitely going to be a highlight I'm going to flip out when that happens um just because of the fact that they got the original actor to come back and voice him. Um, I mean, to, to actually like play him in live action is going to be so cool. And I just remember hey, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm so that's something else that I wanted to talk about. I, I, I was thinking about that is, do you guys think Ashley Eckstein was there coaching Rosario Dawson or he said that they had definite meetings of we talked about it and what the character means to each other, but I, I don't know like how much it means you're on set and I'm coaching you versus we talked about it maybe once or twice when I had a question about Ahsoka. I would have had Ashley Eckstein on set um, kind of observing because Rosario Dawson's doing great. But I'm not getting the and 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 it's not just because it's not actually Eckstein. It's the way that she's portraying Ahsoka in this. And Brooks a in she's an Ahsoka like diehard fan. So she had a lot of opinions um last night uh about the way that Ahsoka was just because of there's certain scenes where I'm like that Ahsoka would have handled that different or she would have acted differently. And I'm curious of what Ashley Eckstein would have thought if she was on set, if she was on set, I would have had Ashley Eckstein on set, maybe kind of observing coaching, helping her out like of a like along her journey. Maybe she did. We don't know. Cause that's not public knowledge, at least not yet, but I'm curious if, she had any input on that because there were some scenes where Ahsoka didn't feel like Ahsoka, if that makes sense. And then there's, you know, Hera in live action now and Hera feels like Hera. Um, I, I didn't have any problems um, with believing that that was Hera. And then Sabine felt more like Sabine near the end of the second episode, but it's different when you're transitioning these characters from animation to live action. That's always a problem. Um, uh, well, it's not a problem. It's, it's more of a challenge uh, because you can't be as animated as you were in animation when you're doing live action because it doesn't fit into the live action. But do you guys feel the same way? Or Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm i okay with the, the, the air quotes recast. Yeah. And I think that you can sometimes get stuck with the way that someone is... is playing that character and I like having someone being able to go and play the character in a different way. Um, I just don't know if it works for this character at the moment as I have not seen anything from Rosaria Dawson in this show specifically 
that makes me go, yeah, that's Ahsoka. Yeah. I think we'll get that later on. I think we'll all feel that when we get that Clone Wars, you know, flashback scene, most likely. I mean, I'm 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 counting on it and even having the trailer that came out, like the teaser trailer where where Anakin was talking to a young Ahsoka. Um uh it was just like okay, that scene's definitely happening. Um, but it's just like I think that's definitely gonna feel like, oh, this is you know, classic Ahsoka, Clone Wars, Rebels, like, this is it right here. And even though we haven't felt it, like, you know, I mean, I, I might be only, you know, feeling this way, maybe Josh too, but David, how do you feel um, about the way that Ahsoka is being portrayed in this? For me, it's fine, because I never got attached to the Clone Wars animation. I never really got attached to the Rebels animation. So uh, okay. a lot of what I've seen of Ahsoka is in live action with Rosario Dawson playing her. So this is just a continuation of that. So none of that stuff really bugs me. But I know for a certain generation, certain fan group, it's it might be tough to to see Ahsoka on screen because they've you guys have lived with it for decades now. Yeah. So it, you're, you're kind of basing the character thinking you're going to see that when it's someone totally different. I will always remember when Ahsoka appeared in live action in The Mandalorian, and we all suspected it was going to be uh, Rosario Dawson, but I just had hopes that it was going to be actually Eckstein. I really did. The fans um, casted her. To yeah. be fair, yes. this is a fan thing. Yes, yes, I, I, I know, but they... I think not hearing Ashley's voice still throws me off. And I think, I mean, and it definitely would have been a challenge, but if they did to where they had Ray Park appear in Solo as as Darth Maul, but then they put Sam Witwer's voice over him, I was like, if, if they did that, I think I would be like, oh my gosh, like, wow, it's Ahsoka. But I'm still getting used to Rosara Dawson um, uh, being Ahsoka, even though it's been over three years now. It's just something that I'm still getting used to. I, yeah, I don't know if it's me just getting used to it. It's just the way she's being portrayed at the moment. Yeah. I think I've, I brought it up before is that even with us loving this character, um, I think the disconnect is that it is being played so differently. I, I think it is directed that way that it, there's a disconnect because the Soka that we've seen is much more lively, much more passionate. And then we have order 66 happen and she gets really sad. And, but then the next time we see her, that's like uh, towards live action, not rebels is she's stoic, but she's very happy with seeing Grogu. Like right. you see that, yeah. but in this, she cracks a smile maybe twice. She's very like leans on the wall. Just looks like she just doesn't care about. Being yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I'm like, how do we get people who have never really connected with this character to see the same kind of passion that we had for so long for this character? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to see a lot of people say, like, I just don't get it. I'm like, that's completely fair. If this was the only portrayal of Ahsoka that you ever saw, I can 100% understand why you would yeah. not care. I will say it's very interesting that she is acting 
not very different, but she's acting different than what we got in uh in The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. And mm-hmm. because of in those two episodes of live action, she was to me felt like she had more positive happy energy and in this she's very stone cold and she cracks a smile here and there but it's not as i don't know it's it's something that i'm gonna have to get used to i know brooke was just kind of like she says like this is not how ahsoka would act in this scene and ahsoka would act in this scene and she's gone back and watched the, you know, the Clone Wars and Rebels over and over and over again um, because she really loves this character. So I trust her judgment. And I grew up with the Clone Wars and all that. And it's very interesting to get that, to see animation come to live action. And when it's not the same actor playing that character, you're going to have a lot of differences. So I get it. It's just something I'm going to have to get used to. Yeah, but overall, I'm excited to see of where the show goes, and the fact that we're just getting more Star Wars is great. Well, there you go. All right. Well, I think that's it for our uh, episode one and two breakdown. We want to definitely recognize our awesome patrons. I know uh, Liam. Just finished watching episode two before he jumped on to watch us. So awesome to have you on the podcast here, Liam. Uh, also, it looks like there's another comment that just came in uh, late to the party. says, a heads up, I posted the clip on Twitter from Rebels where Kanan talks about Sabine blocking her force abilities due to her conflict with her Mandalorian side. So that's, that's interesting. A lot of people are, are kind of missing that. I think that's interesting. So, yeah, thanks so much, Liam. And I do want to recognize all of our awesome patrons. Uh, on the purple tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Deb McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Zach Netzel. On the red tier, we have Fenrir 526, Maya Morris. On the black tier, we have Maka, Tautala, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, Liam McCallion, who's in the chat. I just referenced Texas Vader 76. Thank you so much for awesome love and support. We are on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the like button. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. On Instagram, we're at Star Wars Stuff Podcasts. On X and Twitter, uh, we are at Stuff Pod. On Threads, we're on Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Patreon, look us up, Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187. We're also on TikTok. You can email the show at Star Wars Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. We have a Star Wars Stuff group and a page. Also, if you could... At this point in time, give us a great review on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars on Apple and Spotify. We have a lot of people listening there to us. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Thank you so much, guys, for participating. Thanks to Robert out there in the chat. Thanks to Liam. Thanks to Maka that joined us today. Uh, I know this is kind of impromptu, but, yeah, we definitely wanted to break it down for you guys. And I'll upload it here uh, to Patreon ad-free, and it'll also be on uh, all major listing platforms. So Colin, you have something you want to say? Yeah. Um, so on Patreon, we also uh, have Clone Wars commentary and Rebels commentary on there as well. So if you want to learn more about Ahsoka's journey uh, through Clone Wars and Rebels and just kind of learn more um, uh, about those sh- shows and you're watching it for the first time and you kind of want to learn fun facts and maybe not watch it alone, go and check us out on Patreon. Because we have some great, uh, we have some great content on there. 
So, yeah. For sure. For Colin, Josh, my name is David, and may the force be with you. Always.